Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Guys, I'm officially on tour. I am so excited to hang out with you, but I need you to know this tour is a little different than anything you might have heard me or seen me do before. Still love Jesus, but I cuss a little, and that's what's gonna happen tonight, so get ready. Usually when I speak publicly, it's about how to grow and become a better version of yourself, and yes, I want to talk about that. Don't tell me that you can't do difficult things because that is one teeny tiny example of something that men will never have to deal with. But more than anything, I want to laugh. It's honestly been a really hard year for me and my kids. I just want to tell stories with my friends and laugh until we pee our pants a little bit. The second thing we're going to do is a live Q&A. Oh yeah, no, if you raise your hands, like you're in. <laughs> we get to learn and understand more about ourselves when we hear someone else's stories. The third thing that's different about this tour is that Every single location has a bar. I wanted to have a girls' night out. I wanted to have a place where you could get your sister, call your mama, get your neighbor from down the street, and you could come out and you could have a glass of cheap wine and you could watch a show and laugh and have fun and meet new people. The fourth thing, don't bring your husband. Yeah, don't, I said it. If you got a husband that will laugh about period jokes, bikini waxes, mom stories, bring them on down. If you're not sure if your man thinks that's funny, he doesn't. Come by yourself and make friends. Treat yourself to a night where you are dating you. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That is my number one intention with this tour is that I want to have fun and I know that we will. So check out the show notes to get a link to upcoming cities. Put the word out. Love you. I'll see you soon. We were not made to raise children by ourselves. We weren't. If you look at culturally what happened, if you go back all the way in history, children were raised by a tribe and then they were raised by the village. There were people around you. Your, your parents would have been there. Other generations would have helped you to raise your kid. And now we have all of these siloed families that maybe you're not close to grandparents or maybe you're a single parent or you just don't have the resources or access 
ask for help. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach, and this is a very special episode of the show dedicated to those of you who are headed back to school. So whether you are a mama or a daddy or grandma or an auntie or any kind of parent who's trying to help a child navigate back into the classroom, or you're someone listening to this who's headed back to school yourself, whatever the situation, you are inside of a transition period. And transition periods tend to come with a little bit of tension and they can overwhelm us and they can feel hard because we're transitioning from one way of existence to another. And even if you've done it before, it can cause a little bit of friction. And so today I'm gonna talk you through some ideas that can help ease that transition, hopefully make it feel a bit better and give you some tools to do this with a little bit more joy maybe a little bit more organization, and hopefully less coping mechanisms. (laughs) And I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to give this advice because I'm going into my 12th back to school with my kids. So my oldest is 16 years old. He has been going to school since he was four. He started preschool when he was four. So Assuming that I've done my math correctly, this is my 12th back to school season. And not only is it back to school for that one kid, but it's back to school for three others. So you are listening to a mother of four tell you advice for how to go back to school when all of her kids are in four different schools. So it's chaos over here in our house, y'all, but it's organized chaos. And this morning I sat down and I thought, okay, what are some tips and ideas that I can give the community that might be helpful? And I feel like I've got some good ones that potentially you haven't heard before. And I'm going to start in kind of a different direction. I'm not going to tell you how to get organized. I'm not going to tell you to like pack the lunch the night before, though that's a great idea. I'm going to start here with this one. And I think this is incredibly powerful for you if you're raising someone or you if you need to raise yourself in this way. My first piece of advice that will help you with this transition period is to let the child be themselves. Let them be exactly who they are. And I'm gonna reference children because that's the point of view that I'm coming from. But even if you don't have kids, You can look at this through the lens of allowing yourself to be who you are. And you're like, wait, how does that help tension? Well, (laughs) innumerable ways, but I'm going to give you a few. So this morning was our first day back to school. 
and my daughter was going into the first day of first grade. And I'll be totally honest with you guys, I have some anxiety around her going back to school because how can I say this nicely? Noah is a thug, okay? Noah's a thug. If you have ever seen my daughter, you've seen maybe pictures of her when she was little, she's beautiful, gorgeous, okay? I'm gonna say that because I am not responsible for her genetic makeup, her biological mother and father, gorgeous. They made a gorgeous little girl and she's stunning. Blue-gray eyes, curly, curly hair, flawless skin, just beautiful. And her beauty may make you believe that she's an angelic being, and you would be incorrect. She is what they call a strong-willed child. If you have a strong-willed child, can I get a witness? This Usually it'd be an amen. If you have a strong-willed child, it's just you crying. Um, they're really difficult. They are you having a mirror where the universe is trying to show you all the ways that you need to heal. A strong-willed child is God saying, I love you enough to make you stronger. <laughs> and on the one hand, it will drive you crazy as a parent. It's very, very difficult. I've had two strong-willed child and two just, you know, go with the flow kids. And I'll tell you that the strong-willed child makes you question everything about yourself and how you show up in this world. But you also don't want to crush their spirit because you're like, wow, this is your I mean, the key word there is strong. She is a very strong individual. She's incredible. She's kind. She's emotional. Her heart's open. She loves big. Like, she's got so many incredible qualities. But one of her qualities is just like, I'm six. Why do I have to listen to you? You're an adult and I don't care. And that, you know, that could break your, that can break your spirit on the right day with the right amount of PMS. Uh, but going into first grade, I just, I have had a lot of anxiety because I'm just praying. And by the way, if you believe in prayer, I will take your prayers. If you pray over Noah, I would really appreciate it. That just her teacher's awesome and they love each other and that Noah respects her and listens to her and doesn't get in trouble. Like, oh, that would be awesome. But I've had a lot of anxiety going into this day. And we're going into, you know, first day of first grade. And I definitely have a lot of stuff from my childhood that I realize I have had to unpack now that I have a daughter. And one of the big things in my childhood was growing up Pentecostal. If you're not familiar with Pentecostal church, one of the things was like, at least in our church, was like your hair. Your hair was very important. My mom used to redo our hair twice a day in elaborate braids and ponytails. Our hair was like down past our butt. And my mom would do these like crazy updos and all the stuff on our hair. It was like huge. And I grew up at a very tender head. I still have a very tender head. And so every day of my childhood, I remember standing in the bathroom just crying as my mom would pull my hair and I would say, it hurts, it hurts. And she'd be like, it doesn't hurt. Or she'd say, it takes pain to be beautiful. Like just all these really <laughs> fucked up things that mom said to us in the 80s. And uh, yeah, so I have all this stuff around your hair and how your hair has to look. And then as fate would have it, I adopt a daughter who has beautiful curly hair. 
So she's half black, half white, and I'm really conscious of wanting to make sure that I use the right products and I take care of her hair in the right way and I want to be respectful of her hair and I want her to love her hair. It's so gorgeous. But she's in first grade and she also has three older brothers and so she's definitely getting to an age, she's getting to ponytail age where she doesn't want her hair down, she wants it in a ponytail, and she wants it in a ponytail that she has pulled together, which is great. I love that she's trying to do her own hair with a scrunchie, it's so cute. But like, if I do her hair, it looks like, you know, an ad for Gap Kids. If Noah does her hair, it's a low pony with like, you know, some tendrils coming around her face. It, she looks a little bit like a woodworking apprentice in Revolutionary War times, okay? You got it in your head, it's a low pony, you know. It's not the cutest, she thinks she looks great. I'm like, you look fantastic, that's fine. But on the first day of school, I have to fight every instinct to try and make her look how I think she should look. You know, on the first day of school, and we're in LA now, like at all this back to school stuff, these these little kids are dressed better than I am. I am 0% exaggeration right now. These little kids at Noah's Elementary School have nicer clothes, more designer clothes than I do. I'm showing up in my workout clothes to everything these little kids are in like Gucci. I'm like, okay, well, you do you. But on the first day of school, you know, I want her to like wear a cute little outfit or it was a big deal to me when I was little that like you had a first day of school outfit. So I had walked with her through some options and ended up going with what Noah wanted, which were athletic shorts and a bunch of different t-shirts. That's what, that's what she got for back to school. She got a cute little pair of shoes. She got some crew socks, you know, high socks up above her shoes. And so her outfit today, if you can imagine this is like t-shirt shorts, tennis shoes, crew socks. And I'm like, that's fine. That's what she feels comfortable with. She wants to play on the playground. You look like you're about to go do a pickup game of soccer in the park, but first is, this is what you want, your body, your life, you do it. But then her hair, right? I'm like, I spent extra time last night after the shower, getting that curly hair right where it should be, sleeping on the silk pillowcase so she can wake up in the morning. Everything's going to be good to go. And she's like, I want braids. She's very specific. No one wants two kinds of braids in life. She wants Elsa braid, which is a single braid down her back, or Anna braids, which are two braids. Today she decides she wants Anna braids for the first day of school. And y'all, everything in me is like, I want her hair to be big and curly for the first day of school. I want it for the picture. I want it for her teacher, because I have wrapped in my head that if she looks cute, maybe the teacher will be nicer to her. <laughs> I'll talk to my therapist about that one later. But I really, and then she's like, no, mommy, I want, please, will you do Anna braids? And she's so excited about Anna braids. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. So I get her completely in this outfit. She loves her look. She loves her fit. She's feeling fantastic. And it's not what I would have chosen for her, you know, when it was like kindergarten or preschool and I got to pick out her outfit. I dare say, you know, it was a little bit more, the colors matched and her hair was curly. But if I have learned one thing about parenting and not just from the emotional perspective of really allowing your children to be exactly who they are, 
but also from the perspective of just making my life one billion times easier, it's choose your freaking battles. Choose your battles. Some of you are about to die on the hill of what your kid's hair looks like on the first day of school. Some of you are about to have a knockdown, drag out fight with a kindergartner because you want her to wear a dress or you want him to not wear a dress, right? Like you, you've got your, you, you're fighting over whatever. My middle schooler went to school today. God love it. If Ford Hollis has never in his entire life worn a traditional outfit, never. I can look back at pictures of this kid when he's four years old, three years old. He has always loved to put together funky, crazy outfits. And today was no exception. His outfit was spectacular for the first day of middle school. And he has long hair past his shoulders, so everybody thinks he's a girl because he's beautiful. And I'm talking a lot about how pretty my kids are, but Ford really is. Like, he has a beautiful face and long hair, so everyone thinks he's a girl. And then he's wearing this wild outfit, wild outfit for middle school guys. And I'm just like, oh my God, they're gonna destroy this little boy. They are gonna just, he, you know, but I'm, I'm like, hey buddy, you sure you wanna, you wanna wear that American flag shirt? with Okay, with the patchwork pants? Okay, fin- and yellow shoes. Cool, 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 I love this. This looks fantastic, this is amazing. He really wanted to wear it. That is what he wore to school. Because I want my kids to feel free to be whoever they are. And also, because, y'all, you only have so much energy and so much time in a day. How much are you spending trying to fight with them to not be themselves? What do you care? You know why you care? Because you think that your kid is a representation of you. Just sit with this for a second. You think that the way your kid looks is a representation of who you are. Your ego is attached to their aesthetic. Or the way your kid acts is a representation of you. That's, that's a mind blower. When my second son, who is my other strong-willed child, was little, And they used to call home every day. Preschool, I got calls home every day. And I would cry and cry, not to the woman on the phone, but like when I got off the phone, I would cry because I would be like, I don't know how to fix this. And I would feel like I was getting in trouble for what Sawyer was doing. No, that's his choices. I can do the very best that I can with what I've got, but I cannot control their actions when they're not with me. We can course correct, we can work on it, But what your kid looks like, what your kid does, is not you. Now, if your kid's not clean, if your kid, it's clear that no one's taking care of them at home, like if if there's some physical representation on them that you're a crappy parent, yeah, that's on you. But your kid wanting to wear the Squishmallow t-shirt when you wanted them to wear the polo shirt has nothing to do with you. And honestly, put yourself in the position that you're in right now and think like, don't you want to be able to show up in life as yourself? In fact, in fact, I would guess that those of you who are more strict with the kids about how they show up aesthetically are the ones who are least graceful with yourselves about how you show up in the world. Because when we feel free, we allow others to feel free. 
When we get to be ourselves, we allow others to get to be themselves. If you want to save a point of tension, if you can't do it for emotional reasons, though I think you should, but if you just want to save yourself some tension, let him wear the Squishmallow shirt. Who cares? Maybe he wants to wear the same shirt. My, my son wanted to wear the same shirt five days in a row last year. He did it all the time. He had a shirt. He, he would get into a shirt that he loved. He'd wear it over and over. And I was like, yeah, you have to wash it every night because I don't want people thinking you're disgusting, like that you're unclean. But if you want to rewear that shirt a hundred times in a row, you do you, bro. So an interesting place to start, but a really helpful piece but a really helpful rule and just allowing your morning to go a bit smoother, let them wear what they want to. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and 
check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. All right, I promise that's the longest one. I get a little fired up about this idea that we have autonomy over who we are, but now I'm going to get into some more granular, like this is stuff I do to help us be organized, to help me survive. The first thing is you want to prep everything you can in advance, everything, especially the week before school. This last week leading up to school was so freaking stressful. The amount of back to school, the conferences we had to go to, the meet the teachers we had to go to, the register, who needs a backpack, what's the lunchbox, what's our schedule. And I have three kids. We got middle school and two high schoolers, so they have multiple classes and multiple things that they need. It was very stressful. But I would rather deal with that stress in advance than wait till the first week of school. The first week of school is going to come with its own chaos, its own rhythm. The kids are going to be way more exhausted because of the emotional impact of being in a new school around new people. So you just want to prepare yourself for success. And that looks like doing as much as you can in advance. So get it all done, whatever you can do, even to the point of the night before I lay the lunch boxes out and I put the things in the lunch boxes that I know will definitely be there, right? I put the juice box in, I put the snacks in, I'll wait till the morning to make their sandwiches, but I'll just do everything I can. So it's one less thing to think about in the morning. And I love it because I feel like past Rach is setting future Rach up for success. You guys have made me heard me talk about, you know, setting my coffee pot the night before grinding the beans, getting everything set. So the morning of, I walk in, I'm like, oh, thank you, past Rach. Thank you for making me this cup of coffee. It's just one less thing to think about. The second thing that I do, and I swear by this, is get everything in plain sight. So right now, my kitchen looks like one of those bulletin boards at the local coffee shop with 500 flyers around it. So basically everything that I got that was pertinent to this week, it's taped up everywhere. You can always pull it down later. You don't need to have their bell schedule taped up for the entire year. But for right now, I got four bell schedules taped up on my fridge. I've got our weekly menu, which I have done forever. I just literally write it out with a marker, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like I write out the entire week and then what we're having for dinner. This helps me stay organized and it helps the kids know what the plan is. I started to do this three and a half years ago when I was going through divorce and I really wanted the kids to have really foundational structure anytime they came to my house. I wanted them to always know exactly what to expect. And so I would do the weekly menu and tape it up to the fridge. It's also great if you've got kids, especially teenagers, who say, what's for dinner? As soon as they walk in the door, that drives me crazy because I'm like, I don't know, why don't you make me dinner? You tell me what's for dinner. But instead of doing that, I just say, look at the fridge. Just look at the fridge. So everything's up there. Everything where I can see it, everything I might need. I've got our calendars printed out for the year so we know about holidays. I know the upcoming like spirit days. All the pl- I just I want it up where I can see it. 
because chances are you're going to lose a paper or maybe you're someone who puts it in the calendar. That's fantastic if you're that organized. I'm not quite there, so I just tape everything up. The next piece of advice that I swear by is double the amount of time you think you need. Now, this, I believe, is true for everything in life. Whenever you're doing something new, it pretend that you're you know, remodeling your kitchen. You ever heard that old expression like that when you remodel a kitchen, it's going to cost twice as much and take three times as long? Whatever they tell you, just double the amount of money and triple the time. I think the same is true for back to school. You want to make sure that you're planning for way more time than you think you need because to me, nothing is more stressful than you're trying to get the kids to school. You get there the first day. You don't know where to park or it's crazy because everyone's dropping their kid off at school and you're like rushing. If you're stressed out, they're going to be stressed out. Then they're going into their classroom on the first day. They're feeling stressed. Noah and I got to her school today. Literally, we were like the first kids in her class there. First first kid there. Met the teacher. Hello, how are you? You see my anxiety. I'm like trying to set her up for all the success. I'm over there kissing her teachers, but I'm like, oh, I love those glasses. They were really cute, actually. But like chatting her up. It's Noah's first year. Okay, so we're going to go here. Okay, fantastic. We have a plan. We were literally, we got to the playground. There were like six kids. That's how early we were. And I don't even care. This works to my advantage for two reasons. Number one, there's zero pressure. We're not rushing. I think it's one of the worst things you can do to a kid is rush them in the morning. I really do. I wake my kids up way earlier than they need to be up for school so they can take their time. It's probably because I like a slow morning. I hate when my morning's rushed. If I have a morning flight, I'm going to wake up at a god-awful hour so that I can have a slow morning. I really think it sets you up well. So for the kids, same thing. Noah and I get there super early. The first thing it does is set her up for success because we're not rushing. We're very calm energy. The second thing it does, catch this. This is, this is a little bit of parenting genius, in my opinion. We were there for so long that she was bored, okay? She was bored. Now, had we gotten there closer to, I know my daughter, 0% chance she's gonna go find a friend to play with. She would have wanted me to stay on that playground until it was the absolute last second. But because we got there early and we're just standing around and she's watching all the other kids play on the playground, she stands there for about five minutes. This is after we've been with a teacher and waited outside the teacher's room for a while. Stands there for five minutes. She and she doesn't even ask me. She looks at a yard duty teacher. She said, "Excuse me, am I allowed to play?" And the teacher was like, "Absolutely, go have fun." And she said, "Okay, mom, I'm good. Have a good day." And she runs off to go play with the kids. And I threw her a peace sign and I walked out the gate. Give yourself more time than you need. And you know what? What's the worst case scenario? You get back from school, drop off early, you get a little bit more time to have your coffee. Like be the early ones, don't be the late ones. Now I'm saying that 100% as a kid whose parents were always late and I freaking hated it. I hated being the late kid. So maybe it doesn't matter to you guys. Maybe you don't mind showing up right on time and you're super chill about it and it doesn't stress them out. But if that is a point of tension, navigate around it. Give yourself more time than you need. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat 
is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay. Next piece of advice, ask for help. Ask for help. I am hyper aware that I have these four kids, that I am rocking parenthood solo to the best of my ability, and that I have four kids in four different schools. And going into first day of school, that felt pretty stressful. Because if I personally want to attempt to drop all of these kids off at their schools on the first day of school, I'm going to fail because they all start at the same time. So I asked for help across the board. This morning, I dropped off my daughter. I asked my boyfriend to drop off my middle schooler. They're very close. So that made absolute sense. They got to walk to school together and have a great conversation. And he felt really good and supported. And then... My high schooler, I asked his brother, who goes to a totally different school, one high schooler drove the other one. So I had to ask for help from two different people to be able to pull off first day of school drop-offs. And I've talked about this a ton over the years, and I just, I can't say it enough. It's okay to ask for help. I think there are too many mamas, especially who are wanting to prove that they can be super mom. They want to prove that they've got it all together, that they can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Nobody's questioning whether or not you can do it. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. We were not made to raise children by ourselves. We weren't. If you look at culturally what happened 
if you go back all the way in history, children were raised by a tribe and then they were raised by the village. There were people around you. Your your parents would have been there. Other generations would have helped you to raise your kid. And now we have all of these siloed families that maybe you're not close to grandparents or maybe you're a single parent or you just don't have the resources or access. Ask for help. Now, this is where my earlier piece of advice about prepping everything you can in advance really comes into play is you can look at that schedule and go, oh, crap. I've got two kids who need to be dropped off at the same time in two totally different locations. How am I going to pull that off? Maybe you ask another parent to carpool. Hey, if you get the middle schoolers this week, I can grab them next week. Like come up with a plan or maybe one of your kids is going to have to go to school a lot earlier and they're going to have to play on the playground so that you can drop off their sibling. Like have a plan and get help wherever you can. Nobody is going to give you a medal for doing it all alone. In fact, I hate to say this, but nobody cares. There's no, people aren't sitting around worrying that you're overextending yourself. Unfortunately, nobody cares. And then it just ends up making us feel bitter. We're over here like, I do this and I do that. And and nobody even knows that you're doing it. So you're pissed off that you don't have support, but you didn't tell anybody you needed support in the first place. Or... You're like, you know, I'll just bend over backwards, break my own back to make sure that my partner isn't inconvenienced in any of this. If you're raising kids with another person, they better be helping you with back to school. They better be. Uh, maybe you're like, oh, well, they, they're on certain hours and they go to, they're not even there when the kids go. To, fantastic. Well, then what are they going to do in their off hours to support you in some other way? It's like you see these videos of you know, on TikTok or like reels on Instagram where there's like a dad making dinner. No disrespect to dads because I know many of you are crushing it and just as present as the mom is or maybe you're the only parent. But there's a lot of like celebrating like dad's making dinner. That's amazing. Who bought the groceries that dad's using to make dinner? Who planned the dinner that dad's making dinner with? Who like accommodated that your son has a nut allergy and then made sure that it was like having someone step in every once in a while and support you and then expect applause for it is not co-parenting. It's literally someone like showing up every once in a while to do you a favor. Remember, we don't get what we want in this life. We get what we expect. And if it is your expectation that you are the one solely responsible for all of this stuff, and then every once in a while your partner's going to show up and help you out in a little way and then want some kind of applause for it, then that's what's going to happen. And by the way, I'm not like, oh, men are the worst, because you can have a partner that's a woman and it can be the same scenario. It's not about man or woman. It's about what is the expectation in this partnership or more likely What was the expectation that your partner saw growing up and what did they think it was supposed to be? Too few of us were ever advised to have a conversation with the person we were thinking about procreating with and say like, hey, what do you think a dad's supposed to do? And then they're like, yeah, cool. What do you think a mom's supposed to do? And you make sure that those things are compatible. No one's doing that. 
you're like, oh, I love you and we're getting married and now we should have a baby because that's the next step in line. And you don't realize that you're about to recreate the family that you grew up seeing and they grew up seeing. And sometimes those things are in total opposition to each other. But the only way that you're going to make change is to actually have a conversation about that. And this is a fantastic season to do it. Because you're just like, hey, we're transitioning back into the school year. If you could do these three things, it would be so helpful. Like, it would be so freaking helpful to me. Because the way that you don't get help and you don't see change is that you don't ask for it. You keep it all internal. You talk shit about your partner to your best friend. Oh, he doesn't help me. He doesn't do this. doesn't do that. She doesn't show up when I need her to, but then you don't actually give any feedback. So they have no idea how they're supposed to help you better. Stop playing the martyr. Some of you love every single bit of this. And so you're doing all this stuff because you love it. Many of you are doing every single bit of this because you are a control freak and you don't want to let the other parent do it because what if he buys the wrong binder color? What if he gets the wrong kind of lunchbox? This kind of goes back to that thing of like, you're going to let your kids be who they are. Let your partner parent how they parent. Let your partner parent how they parent. I have been saying this since my kids were little. Their dad parented them very differently than I did. And I didn't agree. Even when we were married, I didn't agree like, oh, that I feel like there should be more structure and I feel like there should be this. But at the same time, he was their dad. And there were things that he brought to their life and to his relationship with them that I didn't. He was much sillier. He would like get down on the floor and wrestle and like pretend to be a horse and like do all these things that I would never do. But then he also like would fold the towels in a way that I didn't like the towels folded. So it's like, well, do you want help or do you want it done the way you want it done? Because you you can't have both. Or you can, but you're going to get there through a lot of tension and a lot of fighting and a lot of your partner feeling like they can't win and they can't do anything right. I feel like there is real freedom in you, number one, asking for help. And then number two, you actually allow the help as it shows up. You're like, oh, you ask your sister, hey, can you help me, you know, get the kids back to school, whatever. And then she shows up with wild energy on the first day and she's blasting Britney Spears in the car on the way to school. And you're just like, oh my, no, 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 no. This isn't what I meant. They need to listen to an educational program. I'd love for y'all to listen to the Bible on tape. Like, y'all, if you want some help, accept help how it shows up. It's okay. Maybe that's what you need to hear more than anything as you head back into a school year. You do not have to control everything. And you trying to control everything is robbing you of peace. It's robbing you of joy. It's creating tension. You think it's the kids. You're like, these kids are so hard. Like, morning's always the worst. We're always fighting. So, yeah, but what are you fighting about? You're fighting because you want their socks to match. And you're sending them back up to their room again because one sock's green and one sock's purple. Y'all, are they wearing socks? Do they have chonies on? 
Did they brush their teeth? Like hygiene matters. That, I'm with you, mama. Hygiene matters. But you're spending too much time thinking it's supposed to look a certain way. And by the way, I'm speaking to myself. I have anxiety about my daughter going to school because she's a different little girl than I was. I was a people pleaser. I was a teacher's pet. I wanted all the adults to think I was responsible and a good girl and for everybody to like me. And so that's what I'm grappling with is that she's not like me. Thank God. Thank God. Maybe we will save her 20 years of unpacking some BS people-pleasing tendencies. But in order to do that, I have to allow her the freedom to be who she is. And yeah, I got to step in and I got to guide her and I got to keep her from like creating a shiv out of a spork during cafeteria lunch, hopefully not stabbing anybody on the playground. Got to keep her from that. But I don't have to make sure their hair looks perfect. She's still going to be pretty great if she doesn't wear a dress or if she doesn't wear bows. She wants to dress like a soccer coach. That's her choice. She looks fantastic. And I just got to let it be what it is. And also sometimes I step back and I'm like, I, I, I'm going to say something potentially controversial or maybe you guys are going to be like, exactly. Do you ever step back and just go like, what is school? <laughs> do you ever do that? Because when I was a little girl, I was like, this is everything, you know, first grade, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, get in there, get through high school, all the stuff. Now I'm 40 and I'm like, why do you have to learn Pythagorean theorem? Why do you have to learn about the Louisiana Purchase? Wouldn't it make more sense to teach you like personal accounting wouldn't it make more sense to teach you, like, I don't know, how to choose a therapist? Like, I just feel like there are so many life skills that would actually be helpful, and none of them happen in school. And I'm not, no disrespect to our schools, to our teachers, to the admin. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. But sometimes I do think, does any of this matter? I mean, now they're telling us that, like, aliens are real. And I'm like, but you're going to go to school today and learn about an isosceles triangle? In the grand scheme of life, is Noah's first grade year really going to affect who she turns out to be as a human? Probably not. And if it's not really going to affect how she turns out to be as a human, why am I letting it stress me out? It shouldn't. And you have your own version of this. You know, it, it probably doesn't as matter. It probably doesn't matter as much as we think it does. And I understand that for some of you, that's wild. Because you want your kid to get into an Ivy League college. And that's everything. And that'll set them up for success. I guess I'm speaking as someone who graduated high school early and didn't go to college and has made a really beautiful life for myself, including a really successful business, and it didn't involve all that stuff. 
And I can't really think of one thing that happened while I was in school that prepared me for the adult life that I have today. And so if that's true, then maybe I can feel a little less pressure about how perfect her hair is on the first day of school. Yeah. I don't know if any of that was helpful for you guys, but I hope that it was. One last thought, if at all possible, and this maybe seems inconsequential, but it is one of my favorite tips for back to school. And that is back to school dinner. If you've been with me for a while, perhaps you've heard me talk about this, but just in case you haven't, I every year take my kids to dinner to celebrate going back to school. And we talk about the last year, we talk about our favorite parts of summer, we talk about our hopes and dreams for the new school year. And it's for them, but it's also for me. And it has always been for me to celebrate surviving summer. Surviving summer. Like I was at a, a walkthrough of Noah's school the other day and there were a bunch of parents on the playground and I heard one parent say to the other, I can't believe it's over. I can't, I don't want summer to be over. And I was like, who are you? Are you one of the aliens? What are you talking about? Back to school is the best. The best. Oh, don't get me wrong. I am nervous about Noah and her teacher getting along with each other. Even if they come to blows, like the Sharks versus the Jets in West Side Story, and they're having some kind of dance-off battle, even then, she's going to school. Don't get me wrong. I might have anxiety about it, but I get a break. I get a break. I work from home, y'all. I'm getting six and a half hours without these kids at home to do some podcasts for y'all. Praise Jesus. Yeah. I am not one of those parents who's like, I wish summer was... What? Who are you? Or do you just have such a different kind of kid? Do you have one kid? Do you have one single kid and that kid's the best kid ever? That's the only thing I can think of. Because other than that, the rest of us, we're real happy it's back to school. Praise the risen Lord. All right, guys, that's all for today. <laughs> if you found something helpful in this episode, I mean, that feels wild. But if you did, send it to another parent that you think it might be helpful to them, too. I will be back soon with more information. Until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.